It's time for the Contempo Coding Podcast. Discussions, knowledge, and insight to help you succeed in the medical coding industry. And now, here's your host, Victoria. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. It's been some crazy past couple of weeks, let me tell you. So I had this huge plan to batch record a ton of YouTube videos because my boyfriend was going to go out camping for the weekend. Uh, the weekend only turned out to be overnight. And there was just a lot that happened the weekend with, you know, I was just getting ready to shoot and my neighbors were having a conversation on the lawn right underneath my office and setup was having issues. I had in the past week, something happened with my recording software that I lost about three hours worth of footage between some things I was re-recording for courses and some things for the YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, it just caused kind of a tizzy. I had to re-record part of a video, actually my speaker video that I just published this week because the audio dropped out. Somehow it got disconnected in the software and I didn't realize it and re-recorded it. And I, I was going to wait until the, a little bit later to re-record and see if I could throw something else together. But uh, this week I just got my first dose of the Moderna vaccine and I was just uncertain. I know some people got, you know, tired or achy afterwards. So I'm like, I got to I got to get it done now before uh, something happens and I wind up not not being able to because I'm not feeling so good. I tried really hard to the other week because I'm re-recording the things for my CRC class just because I think I can get the video and interaction just, uh, you know, amplified from what it is, not because the content itself has changed drastically. And I found a editor, you know, overseas who was willing to edit my videos because it's just jump cuts. It's basically like when I fumble my words, cut that part out. And that's pretty much it. That's like all I needed him to do. And it, for whatever reason, just, I don't know, lost in translation or something didn't work out. Uh, went through two passes of videos where first he was trying to morph things in a weird fashion, like transition them between the cuts. And it just looked really off-putting and, you know, had to redo the whole thing. Um, and then the second swipe, there were parts where I fumbled my words and he didn't cut it out. And then there were parts where he really overproduced it, where it was like every single little pause that I had for more than a second and a half was taken out. So it was really jumpy because of just being way too overproduced. And we're talking like 12 plus hours of footage. And I just didn't have time to watch 12 plus hours of footage three or four times over to make sure that it was okay. I'm like, I just, I might as well just edit this myself if I have to watch everything that many times. It's really, really hard to be a business owner, but to also be a business owner and a mom is extraordinarily difficult, you know, and I don't have the luxury that a lot of other women have in that I don't have a partner that has an income. Um, you know, I'm the sole earner for the entire family and I have a, you know, a daughter with uh, high functioning autism to take care of. And, you know, when you're a mom, kind of everything falls on your shoulders. You know, my living room or dining room table right now is a huge mess. And that by default is being the mother is my problem to handle. And I do tend to get a little bit jealous when I see 
other female business people out there and, you know, they're seen as just so wonderful and so successful. And I feel like, you know, everything I do is probably three to four times harder because of the fact that I am taking care of a special needs child. I have a family to take care of. I'm the only one uh, earning an income currently. I've literally had days where I've had to stop right in the middle of recording something, go downstairs, prepare dinner, eat dinner with my family, put my lipstick back on and come upstairs and keep recording. And it's this weird balance because, you know, I love what I do now. I really, really love what I do, but I do work a lot. It's just, I would say now I work in a slightly maybe more fragmented pace than previously. And I really enjoy not having to rationalize things to everyone. That was one of the things that I always struggled with. So I'm someone, and I I feel so much better about this now. I was watching a video recently where there was someone who was a, a prominent content creator and businesswoman. I Gosh, I wish I could remember her name. And she was talking about how her assistant was working with her and putting something on her schedule. She was supposed to record a, you know, five minute video. And I guess her assistant thought she would be very gracious and give her an hour to complete recording this short video. And she was like, gosh, you know, that video, you know, you may think that it's only going to take a little bit of time and you're very gracious to give me an hour to complete this five minute video, but that's probably going to take me several hours because there is a, you know, the mental effort that you have to put into it, planning it out, thinking about what it is, getting yourself into the creative mindset, you know, getting into that mode of recording and then putting it all together, thinking about the words that are going to go along with posting it and everything like that. And I can tell you, I have probably in the past lied a handful of times about the amount of time it would take me to do something to put together a presentation because I felt like management assumed that if I was putting together a presentation that was like an hour that would really only take me like three or four hours to to do the whole thing. And honestly, it would probably take me a couple of days until I got everything bullet pointed out, planned, organized, the flow, you know, put together in my head to make sure it's going in the right direction, you know, tweaked the formatting, ran through it once or twice And I was watching another creator that posted something on TikTok the other day about how she was, you know, having a rough day and someone commented, oh, well, you should try, you know, working a nine to five job. And she's like, hey, look, I'm up at 6 a.m. every day and I have to get ready. She's a, a, a makeup influencer, I believe get ready. You know, she's like, I have to record videos for hours and hours. She goes, and then I'm in meetings and then I'm, you know, answering emails and interacting. It it is a lot. And basically the point of it is that people think that these social media prominent people or influencers or whatever you want to call them, um, have it easy that we just make these funny videos. And that's kind of the end of the day. I mean, in my case, I'm also running a business, you know, an instructor business. I am at the point now where about a third of my income or so comes basically from the YouTube channel and influencer marketing. And it's a lot to plan everything out to post on social media. And as much as I try to plan and batch, you know, it doesn't always quite go the way that I I would like it to. And I do work a lot. I probably just take a lot more break periods than I have previously. 
or just kind of work at a slower pace. I'm not as concerned if I'm doing things like scrolling through social or stopping to do my laundry or anything like that. And I want to talk today a little bit about social media use. We just had HealthCon, we meaning the AAPC and all the AAPC members and so forth. HealthCon just took place. And I was asked to participate with a few of the virtual cafe panels. The one I was hosting was on jobs for CPCAs, how to find your first coding job, which I already covered in one of my videos. But I also participated, my good friend Rick Solomon was moderating the presentation on social media use and professionalism. And I've kind of said in the past, you know, there is two thought processes that are going on in the industry in regards to social media. There's a lot of ladies out there prominently. I mean, it's a lady heavy uh, industry. There's a lot of ladies out there that will say, hey, you know, uh, social media, when they think of it, they think of they use Facebook to look at pictures of their grandkids. And that's what they think of when they think of things like social media. And they want to go down on people and go, well, don't post drunk pictures of yourself. Don't post embarrassing things because your employer is going to see that. And yes, that is an important conversation to have. But they don't have the breadth of knowledge of social media to understand the second conversation, which is how do we utilize social media in order to to leverage ourselves. Now, before I get into that topic, I do want to mention something. And I'm sure AHIMA has some similar policy, but not being an AHIMA member, I'm not sure. But I know AAPC has a very strict code of ethics. And within that code of ethics, it does tell you that your... We'll be back after a quick break. Welcome to Fuller Butts, a behind-the-scenes plastic surgery podcast. Yes, you heard that right. Join your co-hosts, Dr. Sam Fuller and Dr. Dan Butts, board-certified plastic and reconstructive surgeons on an exclusive full-access pass into the world of plastic surgery. Combining their expertise and training, Drs. Fuller and Butts will share medical insights, detailed explanations, and lighthearted humor to keep you entertained and informed. We're certain you'll become passionate about the plastic surgery specialty and between debunking myths, uncovering truths, or just making you laugh out loud at their perspective on this creative and artistic field, we've got something for everyone. Um, Ethical behaviors do carry on or expected to carry on in a virtual environment. Now, this doesn't mean that the AAPC is going to police all of its members' online activity. That would be an extraordinarily daunting uh, task to assign someone to. However, if you are in a virtual meeting, you should not be popping off on the speaker or popping off on other members and telling them, you know, where you think you could go or that they're wrong or being, you know, disruptive, saying, you know, things that are racist or homophobic or xenophobic during the presentation or the meeting. And if you are participating in an AAPC Facebook group in particular, I would even say to be cautious about other medical coding related groups, but specifically the ones that are the ones that are um, fostered by the AAPC or part of the AAPC to be cautious even of how you comment on things. 
I recently saw a post, and if I remember correctly, the girl had some sort of healthcare or medical coding type themed tattoo. And there were a lot of people that thought, you know, that that was probably the dumbest thing they've ever saw. It wasn't their taste. And instead of just scrolling past it and not commenting, there were people who felt that they needed to express themselves and that they did not personally find this to be a good idea. They had a distaste to it. And that is not an appropriate response. Um, coming at someone because you don't like something that they did would be something that I feel would be a violation of the code of ethics because now you're kind of attacking another AAPC member. And that includes things like saying, oh, you're such a Karen or posting gifts of Chloe, you know, the little girl with the teeth and she kind of rolls her eyes. Those would not be appropriate responses. Kind of go by the policy of that, you know, your mother told you, you know, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Not say you have to do that through every single aspect of your life. But when you are on a professional forum or group, you should really be trying to be professional in that atmosphere. Now, there are ways to still be professional and be informational and entertaining, which I'll talk about. But the other thing I want to discuss is I think a lot of people get confused about groups. So the AAPC has a Facebook group and it's called the AAPC group, like AAPC fans or whatever. There's 40,000 people in this group and a handful of people that moderate it. Some of them are AAPC employees. A lot of them are just volunteers, people who served on boards, previously served on boards. And this is an AAPC group. So for example, think of it like any other business. You don't go on Pizza Hut's Facebook page or Twitter page and tell everyone to go to your mother's pizza parlor instead because it's way, way better. You also don't go there and start insulting Pizza Hut or saying derogatory things because that's their business page and they will probably take it down, right? Same kind of concept with these type of groups. If they're moderated by a certain business and you post things against that business, uh, they're probably going to want to take them down. Or if conversations just get super, super heated, they might close down comments or just remove the entire post because people are just getting on a huge tangent that is way not appropriate for that sort of forum. I've also seen, and this is more and more prominent because of how much has moved online in the past year, but I think there's a misunderstanding of people and promoting their services. So for example, now this group, the AAPC group has 40,000 members, and there might be people who maybe created a blog and think, oh, this is great. I'll go here. I can promote my blog to 40,000 people. Well, there's not only one person promoting their things. There's tons of people out there who have blogs, TikToks, Snapchats, YouTube channels, websites, uh, events coming up, uh, courses that they're selling. And if you utilize Facebook groups, just about any Facebook group, a lot of them do have policies about not spamming members. And it can be a very slippery slope. So first off, you know, we don't want the entire group to be filled up with posts of, hey, check out my thing, check out my blog, check out my this, check out my that, because, you know, then it just becomes a lot of advertisements. And that's not really what we want in groups. We want support. We want to see uh, questions and answers and have engaging conversation, not just be promoted to. And it can get tricky too, though, when people comment and they're like, hey, does anyone know of a really good E&M course? Um, you know, that can be a very slippery slope because 
there's, I'm sure, lots of instructors out there that are going to want to go, hey, yeah, check out mine, check out mine, check out mine. Um, you know, there's a lot of activity right now about, hey, does anyone know any YouTube channels? And that's where it kind of gets slippery between, you know, you, do you allow people to promote their own and self-promote and, and comment on everything and go check out my thing, check out my thing, check out my thing? Um, you know, that that's where it can get a little bit gray, you know, if someone's looking specifically for a recommendation for something, yeah, that'd be great to have some external recommendations. But are they really looking for someone to sell them personally their particular thing? I I honestly am very leery about ever, even if someone says to me like, hey, I'm looking for exactly something that I have, I, I don't like to self-promote. I will occasionally post things about videos that I posted and cross promote on Instagram and LinkedIn. But honestly, I don't feel that that is a huge need for me to do in order to grow my channel because of just the way that the algorithms work. And I have seen a handful of YouTube channels now for medical coding sprouting up. I've had people contact me that they want to start up a channel and questions that they want to ask me. Um, I am very flighty when it comes to emails. So if it's something that uh, is not a question about a product or a service that I have, oftentimes they just get filtered into a fan mail folder that I have because it's just a lot of DMs and messages that I have these days. So I really just can't get to everything. And if someone else makes a really great channel, I will do everything to support them. You know, people swear by Huang and his coding channel. He does a great job. I support him. Um, I think some of the new channels that are coming up, though, a couple of them aren't particularly my taste. But hey, you know, there's probably an audience out there for them. Absolutely. I don't think that someone else having a channel takes away anything from my channel. In fact, in many cases, it's made me have to innovate more, think more about what I'm doing, study more about trends, and promote in that fashion. And statistically, there are a lot of studies that people do start YouTube channels or even TikToks or Instagrams, and they don't realize how much of a long game it is. And, you know, I, I would foresee that some of these channels that are starting up, they might post one or two videos for a couple of months, and then it's going to slow down, and it's going to slow down, and it's going to slow down. I don't say that because of, you know, I'm trying to put be down on anyone, but I think a lot of people want very quick gratification, and that typically doesn't come with something like a YouTube channel because of things like even to get monetized, you have to have a thousand subscribers and 4,000 watched hours within a year. So you have to make a ton of videos typically before you even start to see a small amount of income for the amount of time that you're pouring into them. And I think there's a lot of great ways now to promote on social media or even just post some amusing content that's pertinent to our industry. One of the things I like to do, and some of you may have noticed this, is I follow some of the trends. So there's a lot of different trends that happen in TikTok. And as I'm scrolling through them, I like to think of, is there a way that I can spin this into something for medical coding or healthcare? So I basically just save the sound that's used in some popular videos. And then I can utilize that later when I want to do my own sort of rendition to it. 
Now there's also, you know, a dark side to social media as well. Uh, one of the compliance people that I am networked with was posting online and very outraged because she was just coming to realize something that had bogged up my feed for quite some time and that there is currently a situation of uh, several nurses posting TikToks that they are a, you know, such a badass and that they're going to be doing false vaccination records for COVID vaccines for people that don't want to get the COVID vaccines or, you know, asking where they can get them or insinuating that they're going to distribute them to people. And she posted this somewhere and someone was like, oh, well, people don't understand that this is a joke. But if you saw the original content that is being posted of this, it's very clear that these are not jokes. They are being quite serious, um, taking down their materials and so forth afterwards. So while I think there's a lot of great ways to be humorous and on trend and post cute content that's amusing, um, there are certain things that I think we should be very cautious about overstepping. Particularly if you're doing something like recording in the office, I saw a couple of things that crossed my feed a few months ago where people were cursing and throwing things and saying derogatory things to their insurance companies that actually didn't even make any sense. So I don't know why people thought it was kind of funny. And you also have to be careful in that environment that if you're filming in an office and you have so much as one piece of paper that has an MRN or a patient name on it, that is a HIPAA violation. I was scrolling when I first got on TikTok and was scrolling through some of the hashtags, I saw someone who was showing off something in her work queue and I could clearly see patient MRNs and had to report it out. You know, you might think, oh, well, it's an MRN. You can't identify someone with that, but that, that is a piece of personal health information. I've also seen some commentary from ladies lately on LinkedIn that there is, you know, some more prevalence of guys. Uh, it seems more so. I'm sure it goes though for, for both genders that they're coming after them saying, you know, hi, nice smile. Would you like to chat? And kind of going down that sort of rabbit hole, uh, which is also not appropriate. Now, chances are good that they are likely not medical coding people. If they are, gosh, that would be horrible. But what I've seen more so is, um, and, and what I do is I have a different strategy. So when I'm on LinkedIn and I'm looking to network and connect, I'm looking to network and connect with other healthcare professionals. So if I see someone who's in another state and does real estate or they are an engineer or something completely unrelated to what I'm doing and not currently, you know, in medical coding classes, I don't connect with them because chances are good that is going to be the first step into going down that rabbit hole. Same thing if someone messages me and they just say, hi, hey, nice smile, or trying, or kind of trying to chat. I just, I don't have time to chat on LinkedIn. So just keep your connections meaningful because when people are trying to connect to you who aren't in your industry, that is what is a at a higher risk of opening up some of those doors where they're going to try and solicit you and sell you a car or ask if they can be your virtual assistant or they're going to start saying some things that are not particularly appropriate for a professional social media platform. Keep your LinkedIn content to things that are, you know, 
What continuing education things are you doing? Did you present anywhere? Are you helping to plan an event? Are you working on a new course? Uh, did you find an interesting article that you want to comment on recently? Do you have something amusing that you want to share? You know, professionalism doesn't always mean that you have to be dry and boring. You can show off what you're doing. You can post things that are trendy and on topic steer away from things like harmful content, and then just kind of be cautious about the things that are going to go down a certain pathway that you might not particularly enjoy. And be mindful that if you post something that is more controversial, you might have to invest more time in working through the conversations of something that is a more controversial topic. But if it starts getting down to something where insults are being thrown, you know, that's where you might want to look at it and start shutting that conversation down. I hope this helped you gain some insight on social media usage and some areas where you can flourish and some areas where you should exhibit just a little bit of caution. I'll talk to you again soon, but for now, just keep on coding on.